Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of Footnote. I'm joined once again by Kevin. How have you been doing? Good, good. It's, it's, uh, I've been good. I've been good. Um, I've been enjoying my holiday. Uh, it's good to be back on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I always, always have a good time here. <laughs> yeah, never, never mind our topic of discussion today. But um, <laughs> since you've been away, I see that you've started a new podcast. Do you want to tell the people about it? Yes, so I've started a podcast. It's called uh, Cinephiles Anonymous. Yeah. And yeah, basically it's just about um, people that love movies, talking about movies, TV shows. Once in a while we talk about music as well. Um, mm. I have a group of friends that keep um, having a few cameos on the episodes. Yeah, so we look at um, what's trending in the movie world, in the TV world. And yeah, we just discuss it and, and just see what people think about it and yeah, get opinions from people all over. And yeah, we, ju- we just have a good time. We just love movies and we like to speak about movies. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes and guys go check it out. I can highly recommend it. I've enjoyed the episodes that I've listened to so far. So I'm hoping maybe one day Kevin will invite me when he's going to talk about Wes Anderson. Actually, actually want to do that i thought about it yesterday because i saw you tweet that you were going to watch the french dispatch oh it was so and good it's it is yeah I'm, I'm, I'm i think the last one i watched was the eye of dogs yeah but i'm, I'm keen i'm keen i'm keen to see the french dispatch as well so maybe we should do a west anderson episode on my side i'd also just have to say i've started a newsletter which i'll also leave leave in the description it's I think it's called the footnote newsletter for stuff that's stuff that's not enough for a podcast yet, but that's worth saying. So I'll leave that in the description and you guys can go check it out. Obviously, maybe not obvious to everyone. Um, we're both Manchester United fans. <laughs> I've been accused of having an anti-Manchester United bias because Bayern is doing so much better. So I'm going to spend a whole episode talking about Manchester United. First How, of all, first of all. Go, go ahead. First of all, you, you touched on something that I've always wanted to ask you about. What is your favorite club, Manchester United or Bayern Munich? Both of them. I can say both of them. <laughs> do you love them in equal measure? Yes, I think I do. They, they don't really face each other that often, so... I've never had to choose between them. Honestly, Bayern is just a lot has just been a lot more exciting for the past couple of years. They've been doing a lot of things well. And since Ferguson's retirement, Manchester United have basically stalled. So if you assess the problems that they've had over the past eight, nine years, they've been largely similar. And there's only so often that you can talk about the need for continuity, the need for not having to have a savior player at each time. More recently, the need for a midfield, the high weight, it's all the same. It's all the same problem that the Glazers refuse to fix. If you look at Bayern, they've been extremely dynamic between um, Carlo Ancelotti and... Nico Kovac and Hansi Flick and now Julian Nagelsmann. It's this, there's so much. They're doing so much so well that almost, almost every three or four weeks there's something 
interesting to say about them. We, we're going to talk about, I know we're going to talk about Manchester United now, and I'm, I'm not saying like tune away, but the problems are all the same. They're all yeah. the same and everyone sees the same problems, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. So, but I do hope that United and Bayern do play against each other because then we'll know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how has your season as a Manchester United fan been so far? <laughs> um, honestly, it has crushed me, man. It's, it's been very, very, very sad because at the start of the season, I tell you, my expectations were really high. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your expectations? I, I definitely expected a, a, a challenge for the title. Okay. Um, I was thinking top two, top three. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I know you're going to disagree. But especially after um, the transfer window that we had and then capping it off with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah, I just thought now we have um, one of the greatest players in the world. Mm. He literally like writes his own stories. Mm. He can get like out of the like, thin air and everything. Mm. I just thought like this was it. This was the challenge. I know we were missing the number six, but I still thought we had enough. Yeah, and yeah. I thought that with building on from where Solskjaer had finished off last season, yeah. I thought, like, yeah, we could definitely challenge. And what, <laughs> what it has done has been so disappointing. Man. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you, I hear you. On my side, even with the great season we had and the great stuff that we did last season, I still expected yeah. it to be trying to get into the Champions League and maybe get far in the Cups. And I'm only saying that yeah. because... I think people got blinded by Liverpool's season last season. Obviously, there's the banter and all that, but Liverpool had terrible injuries. And that's the only reason that we were able to go ahead of them because they're still fundamentally a good team. And now this season, people have seen it, that Liverpool was still fundamentally fine. They just had horrible luck with injuries. You can say, and I'm, I'm not one to say that the position that United occupied last season was false because I don't think it was false. They were able to take um, advantage of other teams' problems. So in that sense, they, they were still the second best team, but Liverpool and Manchester City are still so far ahead of everyone else that even if you say, okay, everyone's not going to have problems this season, then they're, they're still the teams that I would expect to be five to ten points ahead of everyone else competing for the title. Yeah. And then if mm-hmm. you compound that with, with the business that, that United did, and we can get straight back to that, that yes, they needed, they needed a right winger. I think that was quite obvious, but yeah. I would argue that they also needed a right back because... United were incredibly fortunate to spend last season with Juan Bissaka having no injuries, especially when Dalot was out and loan. The, basically, the right, the right side of Manchester United's attack needed to be fixed, which bringing J- Jadon Sancho was helpful. I wouldn't say they needed a defender, but I guess when a player like Varane comes in the market and you're not that strong yeah. defensively, and I mean, arguably... No one is expecting Eric Bailly to start more than 10 games for Manchester United. So at the end of the day, he was a good addition. But then to bring in a striker 
United last season, if I looked at that team and look at the Europa League final, the game that they lost, that wasn't a team that was struggling for goal scoring and for goal scorers. They were a team that was struggling. And we see it this season, I've seen the previous season, they were struggling to get control of games. And Ronaldo is not a player that you buy to control games. So, So that transfer right from the rumors and everything always baffled me and and people will say oh yeah but you you try to stop him from going to city i'm saying now that city would have won that league in any case they were going to win the league in any case and i understand like united fans don't want to see ronaldo lifting the trophy with city i frankly don't care because football is football and I, i definitely won't be saying that if madrid beat Bayern munich in the champions league final and David Alaba is, I, I, I won't be saying that, but I'm saying that now. So last year's performances and the previous season's performances, I never, I never thought that United were a team struggling to get goals. Because after Mourinho left, you can argue they struggled with the creativity in midfield and Fernandes did address that quite well. Yeah. But they lacked control. So make an argument for why United get a new striker to challenge for the title? The honest truth is, like, it was Cristiano Ronaldo. And mm-hmm. remember also, like, even up to the point that um, the news of Cristiano possibly going to Man City, mm-hmm. up to the point that news starts to creep up, mm-hmm. United, like, they were done with the window. Yeah. Like, they were, these are the acquisitions we've gotten and, like, let's get ready for the season. There yeah, was yeah. no news. Um, for okay, let's go. Let's now look at our midfield problems. Yeah, yeah. So it almost makes you think that Solskjaer was just comfortable, or he was confident in um, Fred and McTominay and Matic, mm. um, and the three of them maybe finally like getting to grips with the positions that, there's, that that they are being asked to play. So when I look at it that way, like United was never. It wasn't that they had to choose between Ronaldo and and, and a, a defensive midfielder, That's and true. they chose Ronaldo. Mm. So when I look at it that way, then I mean, because Ronaldo is one of the greatest of all time, that's all that that's all that argument need. And I think even despite the fact that we haven't played um, so well, but mm. he's still finding goals here and there. And I definitely think if we were dominating games more than Ronaldo probably is already like maybe close to or just ahead of Salah on in the Premier League because yeah. he always brings goals. United didn't just sign a striker. They signed Cristiano Ronaldo. And that, you have to recognize that, that he's, he's a phenomenon. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, so it wasn't that United signed the striker. It's the person that they signed. That's always been a problem with United. And going back to the case for to the case for Manchester United keep having the same problems again, is you're not consolidating in any way whatsoever. Yes, they weren't they weren't going to sign a new defensive midfielder, but then why bring in something that brings you another problem to solve? Do you get what I'm saying? I get if what you're you, saying. If you have a team which has control problems, you say, okay, we're going to stick with Fred, we're going to stick with McTominay, we're going to stick with McTominay, and we're going to stick with Matic. That's those, those are our midfielders, and maybe Donny van der Beek or Jesse Lingard. We have some few midfielders. We're going to go ahead with what we're using. So, but 
and and it was and it was reported like a few of of United staff were a bit like okay we have to basically throw everything we've planned out of the window because like you said this is one of the greatest players in all time we have to play around him we have to change everything that we've been planning for to play around him so and that's and I keep saying this like it's not it's not on the player Ronaldo doesn't buy himself for Manchester United he can want to come there the coach gives his blessing and you can argue at United how much say does a coach really have in transfers? Like if Solskjaer had said, no, I don't want him with the Glazers and said, well, stuff you, we're going to replace you in any case. We're going to bring him in anyway. Fundamentally, Manchester United have a problem with squad planning. And then I'm going to say, if they had spent that, that money on Erling Haaland, I would be saying something completely different now. <laughs> because <laughs> what I'm arguing, because what I'm arguing in his case is that if he comes to the Premier League, it doesn't matter to which club. Obviously, there's only two or three clubs that he can join in the Premier League. He is going to decide the destination of that trophy for the next five years. And I'll say it again. If he goes if he goes to Real Madrid, I think any other club can basically yeah. say goodbye to winning the Champions League because <laughs> he is a striker for the future. You have Cavani leaving at the end of the season. You have Erling Haaland with 70 to 90 million, depends on who you listen to, release, co- release contract. Why do you buy Ronaldo on a, th- a three-year contract? It doesn't make any sense. Except for all the good feeling and all the <laughs> last-minute winners. But if you look at it rationally, it, it, it doesn't make sense, especially considering the dysfunction of United. I'm saying it now. If Ronaldo had gone to City, he would be the league's yeah. top top scorer by far. Miles yeah. and miles yeah. and miles ahead. Definitely. And the Champions yeah. League top scorer. Like City would properly be looking at a treble, which yeah. some may say it's worth it to have Ronaldo at Manchester, which you know, I don't know. Business could be done better. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree with you. Um a lot of because when you compare with, um, let's say, Bayern Munich, it mm. feels like these guys plan maybe three years ahead. You get yeah. like with any acquisition that they are making, whether it be it um, the coach, players for whatever position. Yeah. And then come to Manchester United, um, it feels like some a lot of these things can be done spontaneously almost. Like they, they get a player and then, for example, Donny, um, yeah, yeah. Donny is a or they get Donny and then suddenly they don't have a plan for Donny. They can't find a way to put him in the squad. Yeah. And now you wonder why that acquisition was made. Grudgingly, Ronaldo as well. They got him. But when you think about, for example, you brought up Haaland and everything, like yeah. it feel like um whoever is in charge of strategy is thinking really far. They are not thinking long term. Yeah. A lot of the time, they do think um, very short term. Yeah. Um, basically, what I'm getting from you is your expectations for United this season were not very high. <laughs> I still thought that they could comfortably be in the top four, which I think they will end up in the top four, and they might have a few good runs in the cup. And now they only have, well, they have the FA Cup playing against Barrow, and then they have the Champions League, which... Let's get on to that. How, how the Champions League campaign, even I can say that that has been a mixed bag. 
No, it has, but also you have to admit that we're only through to the um, round of 16 because of Cristiano Ronaldo. For sure. Yes, I can, I can agree with that for the most part. Yeah. I think a lot of people underestimated that group because Villarreal are no chumps, Atalanta are not, no chumps as well. So the only points that United was assured of were the young boys points, which kind of went pear-shaped. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I, know, I know what you're saying. Yes, Atlanta is actually a good team. Zapata, Illicit and everything. Um, Villarreal as well. And if, and I'll but, say, if they had... Yeah. If they had their fullbacks, because they did, they played that group stage with without their first choice fullbacks. That's United true, yeah. were not United were not getting out of that group. That is hundred <laughs> percent guaranteed. United were not getting out of that group. They were going to be in the Europa League. Yeah. Yeah, you were saying. Oh, wow. Carry on. No, I was I was just saying. Um, as a Manchester United fan, I'm never going to look at a group and unless it's filled with fast seeds like Liverpool, uh, let's say Madrid, Barcelona, mm. but like we should not have this mentality of being scared of these teams. Like these teams are supposed to be scared of us and we should be the ones dominating these, these groups. So that was disappointing for me. Like I remember the game, I think the second leg against Villarreal, we couldn't string three passes together mm-hmm. and Villarreal was playing so well. Like, I don't know how we won that game, but the first half, these guys knew, like, it was so cohesive. Like, you know, a team, um, the player is making a pass because he knows the other guy is going to be, where the yeah, other yeah. guy is going to be. Like, and I was looking at that during that first half and I'm looking at United and I'm like, what's actually going on with this club, man? Like, in many ways, we didn't deserve to get out of that group. But I agree with you. If Gosens is there and all that, like, maybe we don't need it. So, so you brought up an interesting point, saying um, United should not be worried about such teams. But I want to ask you, just for interest's sake, on what basis, apart from historical <laughs> context, apart from historical context, right? Yeah. There's the argument to be made, obviously, for the amount of money that United have paid, their squad should be getting out of that group comfortably. But watching them, yeah. watching them week by week, can you comfortably say that they're a better team than Villarreal? Villarreal soccer is very... They play very negative football. So for me, I'm never going to pick Villarreal over Manchester United. However bad we might get, watching um, Unai Emery's teams... Mm-hmm. And like the, the, what he has decided to go with at Villarreal, like it's pretty much kind of like Mourinho, like score and defend. Yeah. And so with them, no. Atlanta, Atlanta, I, I could argue in some ways Atlanta could be currently playing better football. But then in terms of maturity, in terms of um, taking on responsibility, seeing out games, yeah. I think we edge out there. Like if we're thinking of how well-rounded teams are, Mind you, I think. Are you saying this after United gave up a two-goal lead at Villa? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> guys! Champions League football and Premier League football. There's different mentalities teams come with, you know. And okay, 
after United yeah, lost think, to Young Boys? <laughs> because of a red card. Do, do you, okay. <laughs> because of a red card. Okay, okay. Carry on. I think if if we think about it in terms of, um, yes, uh, Villarreal can hold the ball better than United. But if we think about like everything considered, like when we think about like seeing out games, who has like more experienced players, which team has more goals in it, which team is playing more progressive football. I I, I honestly pick Manchester United. I, I don't think Villarreal was never going. They were with that soccer that they were playing. They were not going to go past the round of sixteen. Against Atletico Madrid, I, okay, it wouldn't be Atletico, but I don't think they were going past the round of 16. I'm telling you now, I don't think United are going past the round of 16. Uh, Atletico Madrid. <laughs> first of all, yes. first of all, I want us to put this out there. That Diego yeah. Simeone is a witch. I've been looking at <laughs> Atletico's games. I can't remember who they were playing against now. I think it was Valencia. Yeah. Those witches pulled out a win. In the last minute. And if we're going to go to the Wanda Metropolitano, when these players don't know, haven't yet figured out the structure, and they're going with no control over the game, there's no chance. There's no chance that United are making it past the round of 16. I back Ralph Rangnick so much. I think he's an amazing coach, and I think he's going to have some good ideas. Yeah. My goodness, Atletico are a pain and they know how to do the thing that United struggle against. And so... The Atletico that's 14 points behind Madrid this season. They're 14 points behind mm-hmm. Madrid. Madrid who have been playing yeah. quite well. That's true, but they're also 10 points behind Sevilla. <laughs> I think they're above the same points with Barcelona. Yeah, I think they're um, 36, Barcelona is on 35. Yes. What I'm going to say is that they've also, like, I don't know if you understand, but they've been playing such witchcraft football. We're going to have a problem against them. And I think as well, Simeone is the kind of guy who will come and do what Mourinho did with Porto in the Champions League. He's the kind of guy who will G up Atletico, the players, the fans in Old Trafford and do yeah. he, he's the exact type of manager in a lot of ways if united were playing against psg it would have probably been better although i i appreciate the fact that we're not going to listen to another 30 weeks of ronaldo versus messi these guys are old can you guys just get <laughs> leave them to retire in peace but Yo, yes in a lot of ways i would have backed united to get through against psg but I guess the window is not yet closed and Scott McTominay is looking good. You know, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> you see, so my thing about Atletico, did you watch them in the group stage? Yes. This is, um, these, are, these are defending champions of La Liga, right? Those guys should and have not made group, it out of that got group. Porto, they've got Porto, they have Milan. And they only had two wins in this group. I mean, they should not it, have made it out of that group. For the football you, they were playing, you. they should not have made it out of that group. Maybe all of a sudden something will change, but based on the football they played in the group stages, I'm confident. I'm confident United can scratch something out of this game. Yeah. Well, I'm, I must also say I have an extreme fear for two striker teams. I don't know why. 
But if a team plays yeah. with two strikers, I just, I'm just like, we're gonna lose. We're gonna lose. We're... I looked at, I looked at the Aston Villa, I think as well, because they have Ings and Watkins, and I'm just like, I just don't like two. I don't like playing against two striker teams. So that's also a thing about Atleti. And I'm thinking about people like Luis Suarez. Luis Suarez is, is, is a shit. He can probably get any of those defenders sent off. Yeah, he is. Joel Phoenix is difficult. Who knows what form Antoine Griezmann is going to be in? Like it's I look at I look at that Atleti team and knowing the fact that they, they're happy to sit and defend. You know? Yeah. They can they can get one goal and the tie is done. That's the kind of team Atleti is. And that's why I'm just like, I don't know. If we can't control the game, we're in we're in a lot of trouble. I think as much as um, there's a lot of uncertainty for United going into this game, I think it's just as much for Atletico. And I think they also need a turnaround in their season before Feb to yeah. go into this game confidently because, man, three losses in the group stages and they're way off the pace in La Liga. Like, yes, as you're saying, maybe they're scratching out a few um, unbelievable wins, but this is not the Atletico that... Um, that we're used to. The Atletico showing up this season. Um, yeah. I know you're talking about two striker teams, but even in attack, they've been out of sorts. Suarez hasn't been starting as many games. They, yeah. they're, they're struggling to find a balance between Suarez, Correa, and um, João Felix as usual. Um, Griezmann, I don't know what kind of season he has been having, but I think he's now playing off the wing or something. Yeah. But anyway. I think they also need a turnaround as much as we need one. So I, <laughs> I think this game could tilt either way. Both teams need some sort of rejuvenation. So yeah, and that's why I'm know. saying that's why I'm saying yeah. if I were to to put money, so the both teams need some sort of rejuvenation. If I were to put yeah. money, I'm gonna pick the team that is struggling but is formed exactly in its manager's image. And they've had experience with, with this place, is what I'm saying, in the more recent times. They've had a lot more experience in the round of 16 and coming back and all that fun stuff compared to United and compared to this squad, especially considering all the, all the things we've been hearing about them. But I just think if they can't control this game, I don't think they're going to get very far in the Champions League. Do you think there's any way we set up with the team we have and manage to control this game? Or there's just no way with the midfielders we have? I don't know. We've, been, we've seen a lot better from McFred. Varane is, yeah. is a lot more stable as a defender. Yeah. We still have weaknesses at fullback. I think Simeone looks, looks at Dalo and says, okay, we're going to channel everything through the left because he struggles yeah. he struggles defensively so i i suspect Ragnik is going to want to play a sort of three at the back in attack so kind of the way kind of the way Bayern Munich do it where Alfonso Davies goes forward in attack and then Pavard almost plays as, as the third center back so they'll have so when, when they're in defense, it's still a 4-2-3-1. But once they go into attack, then it's a three at the back. So I'm expecting probably Luke Shaw to be the left back, which 
which is a problem because United's most effective attacks come from the left. And then for that control, I think Ragnik has figured out very quickly that Fernandez is, he is the attack. Things have to move through him to make, to make things matter. And he's not, yeah. he's not in any way whatsoever a metronomic player. So unless that's what they're working on now to, you know, just be like, just hold on to the ball for a bit. But then that being said, Pogba could be back. And that's, then that presents a completely different challenge for Atletico to overcome. Because then with Pogba, then there's a bit more variance in the type of passing. Yeah. I think United's best bet is to go for goals quickly and go for goals often to just keep attacking Atletico, just keep attacking. Yeah. It's going to be a very um, good game, I think, because... Like these are both teams that need to find something to save their season, and yeah, I mean, like Pogba could be back by then, creates yeah. like a whole something very interesting for us to like. How does he fit into um, Rangnick's plans? Yeah, I'm sure Rangnick is already thinking about that even as we speak. So, yeah. like, yeah, I think it would be a good game, and also we like. I- I'm sorry to bring Cristiano back, but Mister. Mm. <laughs> Champions League. Um, He he has had plenty of history um, sending Atletico out of of the league. So, yeah, man, I don't know. Um, I I think it will be a good game and I think it could go either way. So, yeah. Uh, Quarterfinals could be be on on the cards for Man United. Who would you like them to come up against if they were to go to the quarterfinals? (laughs) You know, you know, we'd gotten PSG first, and I was shaking. I was like, "What's going on here?" But in the quarterfinals, I think I don't know. Um, who else is still in the tournament? Definitely not Bayern. I know you want them to find Bayern. <laughs> That's I, all we, I want. That's all I want in life. If we have to play Bayern, let's play them in the semis or the final. I dread Bayern. Like I feel like they would absolutely finish us, man. So, no way. Yeah, I think we can take Chelsea on, man. <laughs> well, there's Ajax, Benfica, there's Villarreal, Juventus, um, Liverpool, Inter, Bayern, Salzburg, City, Sporting, and then obviously PSG, Real Madrid. Did you say Valencia? Villarreal, Villarreal, Juventus. Juventus wouldn't be wouldn't be so bad. If we manage to get over Atletico, Juventus wouldn't be a bad draw. Yeah, I think I think so as well. I would look yeah. obviously. Obviously, I'm looking at Bayern Salzburg. It's like that is it. That's that's the one. Maybe one of yeah. Benfica or Ajax. Because ah, that would be a dream. Eh? It would be a very difficult match actually. Because man, Anthony and um, what's this kid, the Golden Ball nominee um, with Ajax? Ale. No, no, not Hilaire. He, I think he's 19 years old, but I forget the name right now. Ryan. Oh, Gravenbach? Yes. Gravenbach. Yes. Ajax is also playing some really good football and scoring a lot of goals. Our defense would probably, eh, I don't know what Maguire <laughs> would do against. Because, dude, I, I was watching Anthony. I think he's called Anthony or Anton, the Brazilian. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And this guy, like, He's doing what Robin used to do, like cutting in. The defenders know he's going to cut in. Yeah. And 
still can't stop him. And I think he's a really, he's almost slept on because I'm not seeing any activity for him. I don't know if it's his contract or something, but he seems mm. like a really, really good player. I've been, I've been thinking about Ajax today and I just want to say, and this is going to be controversial. No transfers in the past few transfer windows tell me that Ajax no. players are not system players. If I look, if I look of Ziyech, if I look of the Ligt, if I look of what's his name, De Jong, and Van der Beek, Ajax players are system players. Someone like um, De Jong or De Ligt or any of those four players would do very well in Manchester City. I don't think, like, because I, I remember a while ago there was something about Anthony going to Bayern. I don't think he would do that well in Bayern. I would almost want them to take Rafinha instead because I there's nothing to tell me otherwise. And maybe maybe I'm just wrong and I'm not reading it properly, but I think Ajax players are system players. And some teams are just unfortunately not built that way. No, I, I actually think you have a point because there's an obvious track record there, like, the Ajax team that um, had that phenomenal Champions League season, when yeah. you look at all the players that moved away, uh, they, they're struggling. Yeah, and for, for a lot of different reasons, but yeah. I think if you take any of those players and put them in a more functional team, they're able to do to do better. So I, I think yeah. it's, it's worth... The joke is always that if Bayern is selling a player, maybe just look at, look at that player again. I think it's the same thing with Ajax. Like, are you sure you're going to be able to build a system for this player? Because if you're not... Well, yeah, I, you, you have a point. I'd never really like, thought about it. But yeah, looking when you look at like, the transfers going out, um, these guys are struggling. It would be interesting to see like a ZH in Man City. He, like I see shades of Mares and Mares is thriving. Yeah. Um, that's probably true. But yeah, they, I, I think I'd want to avoid Ajax for the quarterfinals. A Juventus or a, ben, or a Benfica. Yeah, that would be good. But let's go to the Premier League, United in the Premier League. What has been your impression of them? I just want to pull up their record now. I think we started um, kind of well, maybe the first five games. And the dream was alive. Yeah. <laughs> A dream that we could actually do it this season was alive. And then after that, like everything started to go south. Um, with Solskjaer, I guess um him incorporating Ronaldo um became something that probably led to his downfall. Um because yeah. yeah, like we started to string up very, very bad performances. Um yeah. Rangnick's come, I think our record with him, it that statistically it it's it's not bad. Like I think he's lost once in the league, or maybe twice with not once in the league. Once in the league, yeah. Yeah. So best of the numbers, you'd think, oh, we're not doing so badly. But when you watch us playing, struggling against Norwich, my impression of the team is I, I think we, we we've been poor. I, I honestly think we've been poor. A lot of the games I've watched and the whole time I'm just thinking, why don't we slow like try and control this game take control of this game um have maybe 10 passes um amongst the team like why are we failing to do that we're losing the ball after maybe three passes and i've felt that way for so many games yeah very repeatedly i think it was only 
um, Burnley recently where we got some relief, where we dominated a team, but it's Burnley. I think right now we're fourth. We probably deserve to be um, seventh or sixth. Mm. So, yeah, like my the season has been, it hasn't been, compared to my expectations, the season has been bad. Um, how we've played Rashford, I don't know like what's going on with Rashford. Um, Sancho, I want to say he needs more time, but also he doesn't feel like he's ready to express himself enough on yeah. the ball. Yeah. He's, with him, he's always looking to release the ball to Ronaldo. So we, with that, like you, we can definitely not write him off yet. You get like the talent is there. Um, I think the goals are there. The assists are there. They're going to come. Yeah. But that's all depend on when will our midfield start to actually play some football? When will we start to dominate games? When will we start to impose on teams? Because yeah. sometimes it's unfair to ask of to ask these attackers, even Rashford. Um, it's unfair to expect so much from them when um, were the ones struggling to um, convert the ball from defense to midfield to yeah, attack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sancho and Rashford are picking up the ball from the halfway point of the pitch. And then when they pick up the ball, maybe it's only Cristiano ahead of them. And there's a way um, they'll usually be spread so far apart. So you can't even do like that kind of like touch football as you advance yeah, 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 the yeah. ball close. Yeah. The, the team hasn't played really well. Um, we, need to, we, we need to figure out our midfield. That will always be the song United fans will sing. Until I don't know when, but my impressions for the season, um, I don't, poor is too strong or wide, but mm. I'll say below average, very okay. below average. Yeah. Uh, what I just want to say is that a lot of people gave Solskjaer a lot of heat for his, for his midfield decisions. And I, I always said this, I said, if you put Klopp, Pep, anyone in that squad, very quickly, you're going to come back to McFred. Given that, yeah. probably Klopp or definitely Pep would say, okay, but the next transfer window, we're not going, we're not going on with this. This is madness. I'll do it, but we're not going on with this. Because even if they don't give you enough control, enough cover, whichever pairing, other pairing you're going to put in there is going to bring a lot more problems. It's all well and nice to play four world-class attackers, if you can't get the ball to them, then you can't get the ball to them. You're going to be yeah. playing in your own half and you, you're going to need to be able to progress the ball, which in parts, Fred and McTominay have shown that they can do, but not consistently enough. It's that I think it's like the same thing with, with Eric Bailly. He's, no one argues that he's not a good defender. He's a great defender. But that, <laughs> that up and down in his game, where yeah. you don't know if you're going to get an own goal, if you're, if you're going to get a red card, if, if he's going to be injured or he's going to injure someone, you, do, you don't know. It just can't fly. And unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know, maybe Ragnik has something in the way of, of um, coaching to help Fred and McTominay, but mm. that's, that's where that team is. My question for you would be like, um, what did you think about him um, moving from his preferred 4-2-2 into the 4-2... I think he's now playing a 4-2-3-1. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, what did you think about that? Like, do you think he's, like, 
shaken for confidence or I don't know what did you think about that that switch a lot of the last season people were complaining oh why do we only play 4-2-3-1 why do we why can't we play 4-3-3 why can't we play all this fun stuff but if you look at that squad that's what it can play they can play a 4-2-3-1 and I think it also for me it's it just puts Rangnick high in my books to look at it and say okay we're going to try this new system okay it doesn't really work here and I think that's also what he's realized is because a new manager can come in and just flip everything on its head and try to get things moving. And in a way, I think he tried to do that, replacing the fullbacks, putting Bruno out, trying to move the pieces around and realizing, yeah. okay, they were at their best, not really best, but they were at their most stable state. Let's go back to what the players know how to do and then try to mm-hmm. build from there. So you can, but you can see the differences Whereas this season, Scott McTominay was asked to fill in as a third centre-back when Aaron Wan-Bissaka went ahead, for, for, for the most part, still staying lower, low in the midfield, and Fred is doing the progression. So Fred is moving slightly more forward. It's still the same mm. system, but you're getting things like that. Getting to, I think, after Villa, in the eight, after Villa, he said, once we had the two goals, I thought maybe we should move to a back three. But I was I was worried that we're going to be pinned back into a back five. But maybe I'll change that. And then you see in the West Ham game is was it the West Ham game or the Brentford game? I think it was the Brentford game that came just after that. Then when they do get the lead, he moves to the back three. Of course, Maguire comes on and Brentford score a goal. <laughs> we can relitigate that later. But you can see his we're getting to see his decision making evolving on the biggest stage. I personally, I guess for a lot of United fans, they don't like that. But as a as a fan of the manager himself and just German coaches in general, I'm very impressed by, by his decision-making and how he's helping the team. And that's why I think that perhaps, maybe in some light, that's where he can have an upper hand against Atletico de Madrid. So that mm. that willingness to to change. Yeah. So before we take a break, how far do you think United are going to go in the Champions League and top four, yes or no? Um, I think United, I think um, we can definitely go to the quarterfinals. I don't think we go beyond that. The quarterfinals okay. of the Champions League. And mm, top four, I think we just make it. Mm. We just make it at the end of the season. I definitely think there's a run in United somewhere. Mm. Um there's definitely going to be a run, maybe eight, ten games. I think it's in there somewhere. We yeah. we always have. I think it's there. So yeah, I think we we will just manage to get to make it into top four. Uh, Arsenal, Arsenal is riding high and everything, but I always <laughs> I always wonder if they can um, sustain good form. They yeah. just they don't have enough in their locker. Yeah, and, and so the- yeah. And the FA Sorry? Cup and the FA Cup, because that's also a thing. Mm, I don't think we win it. There's still City in there. There's still Liverpool in there. Yeah. Uh, so no, I I don't think we win it. But maybe maybe we go to the quarters or the semis. Okay. It's the way I see it. It's another trophyless season. But mm. what are we gonna do, man? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, there's no. still there's still two days of the transfer window. 
Maybe United no can can give um, 300 million to Bayern Munich and take Joshua Kimmich off their hands. Maybe, man. I hope. I hope. I hope they could. <laughs> like, should if they could, they should, because something needs to change. I'm almost the inverse of you. I think whether whether it's a last minute or or whatever, I think United still get into the top four at the end of the season. Yeah. Because I still think those top four teams, in terms of money and in terms of what their squads look like are too far ahead of all the other teams. I still think that. And then Champions League, I'll say it now, I don't think they're going to get past Atleti. But if they do get past Atleti, then I think... I can't wait to remind you when we beat Atleti about this conversation. I'll be so happy if I'm wrong. I'll be excited if I'm wrong. (laughs) But my goodness, those people are witches. That's all I'm saying. Diego Simeone is a witch. Okay, so let's let's take a quick break and then talk about the transfer window. I want us to talk about the transfer window. Obviously, it's still two days before the close, and we've seen so far that Ahmed Diallo has gone to Rangers on loan, and Anthony Martial has gone to Sevilla on loan as well. I think it's good that there's players going out. I think there need to be more players going out. Permanently. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the loans are quite good. I think the fact that a player, I, I think a player like Ahmad going out to, I would have preferred that he had gone to Dortmund because I think there's earlier rumor that it was between Derby or Dortmund. I would have preferred that he was goes excited, to Dortmund. I was, I was excited for that as well when I saw that, that um, Dortmund was linked with Diallo. Yeah. As that would have been a really good one as well. Yeah. That would have been but good. Agree, good for him. Yeah. yeah, I think Rangers is good. They're trying to defend their title. So that should be good for him. I think as actually I think Martial as well is going into a title challenge. I think that's good yeah. for him. I think if he wants to play in the World Cup, that's I think that's actually what I'm thinking about. Players like um Van der Beek. I think Van der Beek des- deserves a chance, not not because I rate him so highly, neither here nor there about him. But I think he needs at least a chance to try and get back into the Dutch squad. And Lingard is going to be on a free in any case, so he'll probably be getting first-team football next season. Season. Yeah. I think I agree with you. I like the fact that Diallo is going to um, a side that is... Their DNA is pretty much challenging for the title every season. Um, dominating like the rest of the teams in their league. I think it's always, I think it's good for a player to, you know how it will be good to be substituted on for your debut when your team is three goals up. So yeah, yeah. I also think good for Diallo walking into a team like Rangers where um, you, they'll probably dominate the ball and he'll have um, a lot more freedom, probably even more freedom than he's having in Man United right now to um, kind of express himself, show yeah. show what he can do. So I think that's really good for him that he went there um, with Marshall just basing off of the reception that um, Sevilla has given him. Yeah, um, it's always important as a player to feel valued, you know. And yeah, um, Sevilla clearly feels like they've made like a very big recruitment. You get, and so I think that will like. 
galvanize him that that should like give him a lot of motivation to um hopefully get back to like the heights that we know he can actually achieve so i also think I, i've been excited i wasn't initially i was like okay severe but then also when i saw like the rollout for him and everything yeah clearly this big plans for him the fans are ready to to love him and it will be, it will be good for him like moving away from united where i think he has been one of the most polarizing players maybe for apart sure. from pogba yeah for sure with just to get um a kind of uniform reception from a group of fans and also a team that wants you there a team that values you i think he'll show a lot of what he can do and maybe he can come back to united next season better i'm not ready i'm not ready to <laughs> let him go to be honest i don't like it's those things where i don't know maybe you think maybe this guy is just never going to work out but yeah i'm i'm never going to be ready to let marshall fc go man uh yeah mm. well mm. severe are four points behind madrid rangers are yeah. four points at the top of the scottish premier league rangers is playing against dortmund in the europa league and severe is against dinamo zagreb so i think on the whole it's very good positions for these players to land in um i yeah. think also ethan led has moved from he moved from swansea who are around about the bottom of the championship to to bournemouth who are challenging for promotion which i think is also good if he gets the minutes but then on the other side is that still more players need to go honestly i'm looking at it and like why is lingard um not like why is he still with the club because like he can't be comfortable with the minutes he gets um he's 29 i think this year yeah i think he needs to be more ambitious like he's like time is running out for him to have like a proper proper run with the england squad and like 28 29 that's your prime and yeah, you need yeah. to be you need to be playing game in game out like every single game and i i don't know if he's the one stalling on the transfers or if it's still united but that situation needs to really be resolved i think lingard deserves because i saw that newcastle talks broke down as gutted um, <laughs> he needs to get a run man he needs to get a run and like you said the world mm, cup is coming up is- this is probably his his like last chance to have like another good outing at the world cup yeah, yeah 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 i thought it was a bit weird when if it's true because you never know with these things who's right and who's wrong where the statement was put up that he didn't want to of course there was a difference in valuation between west ham and, and manchester united but he didn't want to to go he wanted to stay and, and try and fight for his place in the in the squad which i thought was very weird and mm. that, and that was obviously enhanced with sancho coming in and and ronaldo coming in but maybe and maybe if you're being if you're being cynical you can say well he he just wanted to see his year out he's he's not making that bad money and and go in a free and and make even better money but then that's, that's i'm saying he needs to be more ambitious cuz come on like um yeah he's making the money but like you're sitting on a bench every single game you're not like if 
I think players can know when they are like a part of a coach's plans or yeah. not. And it's not going to just like no one is going to snap a finger and suddenly um you're you're the solution to to whatever United needed and they can't stop playing you in games. So he knows and I think he should have he should have been more ambitious because I want to see him do well. Yeah, yeah, for Generally. sure, for sure. So but I have a lot of sympathy. I also don't think I don't think it is about the money, but you can never rule that out because you also look at the age and think, well, maybe he doesn't have a lot of contracts left anymore. So if he can go on a free and get a good next five year contract, then then you're good. But but football changes so quickly. Like who knows if who knows if West Ham is looking for Jesse Lingard at the end of the season anymore or Newcastle or whoever. Football changes so quickly. And then on the side of United, you can understand, like, I think Bruno has, has only ever, in, like, in his professional career, he's been injured twice. He's had a call and something else. I think it's a total of two weeks. Yes. And that's, <laughs> and that's ridiculous. But if something and something can happen, and if something happens, then Jesse Lingard is a good player to be having to stand in. So, yeah. But but that also comes back to the fact that United have rotational problems. They're not, then they're never in a comfortable enough position, or someone's not has not been a grown up enough to say, okay, I don't care if you're in a, in form or out of form. We have a squad. We're going to use the squad. We're just going to keep rotating players. So it makes it difficult for people like Lingard and Van der Beek and Juan Mata hasn't Ma- played a, he hasn't Ma- played a Premier League game this season. Even as a substitute. He hasn't, he, I don't even think he's registered for the Premier League squad. I'm not sure. He hasn't played a single Premier League minute. Wow. So it's... So he really just signed the, the one-year extension to morale boost the team. No, I think for some of the players, I'm not sure how it, it works, but that one-year extension on some parts is it, it can only be triggered by the club. For some players, it can only be triggered by the club. So if the club says they're keeping you, then they're keeping you. So I'm not sure what type of contract he was on, but maybe it was that, maybe it was that case. Wow. I, I, maybe it's like a thank you, like a thank you for your service kind of. Yeah. Let's wait and see. And then and then for Thunder Bay, I'm not sure. It looks like he's going to Crystal Palace. He looks like he's not going to Crystal Palace. I don't. I, I want to see him playing um, a lot more, like every week. Mm. Um, Palace, Palace is trying to like, have a young team now. They've, I think they've had like the oldest team in the league for a lot Four of years, seasons. Yeah, but yeah. they have a few young kids coming in. Um, Olise, um, what what's this guy Eze? called? Corners, Eze as well. Gallagher. Um, yeah. Yeah, Gallagher. Um, Zaha is always he he's always exciting for them. So. Yeah, I think it it can be exciting. I know most of the games he'll have his back against the wall, but at least there'll be minutes there. Yeah, and I think he'll also be he'll yeah. also be in London, which is a different proposition from from Manchester. Yeah, and yeah. as a midfielder, you can't do too badly with Patrick Vieira as your coach. 
Yeah, I think I think so as well. Yeah. But I think as well, this is just my conspiratorial hat on, is that mm-hmm. um, United gets a lot of heat for that for that transfer. But I would like for someone to just look into it from the Ajax point of view. Yeah. I, ju- I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying something there just does not sit, sit right. What the reports are now is that they couldn't get rice, they couldn't get Grealish, and so they decided to go for Van der Beek. And all those three are completely different players, especially considering the price they got them for. Who Ajax's CEO is, and what they did in the transfer window after that. I'm, I'm just suspicious. I mean, every coach, Solskjaer didn't play him. Eric in his three games didn't play him. Rangnick has, hasn't played him. And you would argue a player, not a player, but a coach like, I think like, I think Rangnick would eventually use him. But a coach like Rangnick, who is such a system-oriented coach, would, would have earmarked players like Van der Beek. And also for the for the price that he's come at, I think they would have been earmarked for some sort of role in the, the team. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. My my thing with Donny is like you start to wonder, like, are his training sessions just so bad? Or <laughs> is <laughs> like because you'll be watching a game and Fred will misplace a pass and you're thinking. There's a better passer on the bench. Yeah. But like this happens so, so much so often, and you start to think maybe the better passer is actually on the pitch. Yeah. But, yeah, like everything around Donny is 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 shady. Um it's it, it it's it's so sad that it hasn't worked out as it as it might have. And I don't know, man. First he came, he was struggling with Bruno lost that one clearly he, he hasn't been able to fall into this defensive midfield position yeah he tried to get a bit of muscle okay. and try to they they had this whole thing of how he he was um putting on muscle during yeah. the summer but but to be fair to him I've, like so, a lot of the times when he comes on he has really good comings yes and no yes, yes and, and no. no depending on who depending on the state of the game and who he's coming on with because I remember last season when he used to come on, he never made the progressive passes. And that was a problem because he was usually trying to do a one-two, but that's not how United yeah. play. If you go from Fernandez, who's literally every single pass of his is forward and every single pass of, of his, once the boot hits the, hits the ball, it's, you can just hear that's the inshallah going with it. So... And that's not necessarily a, a Donny problem because his teammates didn't know how to play with him. And this season, you you could argue with players like Sancho, you'll see as well Sancho as well. He's trying to play those one twos and stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe he's he's getting into better places. A player like Pogba, for example, I think Pogba with Donny would be a very interesting Pogba Donny and and Matic would be a very interesting combination. Yeah, but my goodness, your 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 defense has to be very 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 good. But I think that that would be quite a quite a interesting combination. But yeah, yeah. so yeah. But do you think if he stays at United, do you think if Van der Beek stays at United, that he gets he gets time uh, under under Rangnick? Because that's also a thing. I I'll give you time to answer. Is that's also a thing 
I think that is important to Rangnick in his previous clubs and, and in general with, with German managers as well. There's not, they don't really waste money. Mm. Yeah. So do you think, do you think in the second half of the season, he gets a chance in the squad? Honestly, no, I, I don't think, I don't think he gets a run. Maybe it will be the same, the same situation. Um, a few substitute appearances, uh, maybe starts one or two games. I think it depends more of um, if we're going under the assumption that Rangnick will still be um, co- in a consulting role next season, then mm. it depends on who, who the coach we bring on next season will be. I think that's what will determine um, Donny's minutes in the club. Yeah. But based off what I've seen, like the way um, uh, Rangnick has started, he's, I think he's now been in charge of maybe 10 or so games. Yeah, yeah. He seems like he's also, like you said, realizing the strengths of the team and when the team is most stable. And I think he's slowly becoming a believer in the McFred. So, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think he might get a few more minutes because I can't remember which game it was. And because Ramnik has, has talked about it a lot, is that this need for control, and he keeps talking about it, and he keeps highlighting the midfield yeah. specifically he keeps talking about how light the midfield is and we don't have control there i think in the games he's come on i can't remember which which one it was where he came on in on the 70th minute um and you could immediately see united's control was much better and that's why mm. i think he might be using if he stays but then that also again depends on united's position because if they're trying to see if they're trying to get last last minute wins and all that kind of stuff, then then no chance. But if they've improved ahead of goal, then maybe. I had a question for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So United hasn't um, they they haven't been active like in the transfer window, um, but maybe let's like thinking of the summer. Like, if United finally did decide to buy a defensive midfielder, which player could you think of that? you think would um, be ideal for the situation that the club is in? Like, which GM do you think comes in and solves our problems? One player? Yeah. Okay. I think we're at the stage where United either need one world-class defensive midfielder yeah. or two Premier League-level defensive midfielders. So they either need, and when I say world-class, this is an exhaustive list of number sixes that I rate. Joshua mm. Kimmich, Fabinho. Okay. Fernandinho is off of that just because of his age. Yeah. Or Casemiro. So they either need one of those three. They're never going to get any of them. Absolutely never, never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So if they can get... If they can get... a uh, someone like Calvin Phillips or Calvin Phillips, Wilfred Ndidi, Ibrahim Sangare looks very good. He looks really, really good. I've been so impressed by him. Unfortunately, Ivory Coast is out of, of the AFCON, but my goodness, he is really good. Yeah, I, I saw that game against uh, Egypt and yeah. he, was, he was really good, yeah. He was, and I think the previous, I can't so remember what was this game. Him and Frank Kessie played so, so, so well. I think Sangari is... Frank Kessie is uh, the baller. Yeah, I, I think 
Sangari is at 15 million. And so I feel like my spirit is living my body when people are saying, let's go get Declan Rice for 100 million. I'm like, listen, there's so right. many, there's so many good defensive midfielders out there. And once you play, once you pay 100 million, you are committing to playing that player. Like whether he's in form yeah. or out of form, you're committing to playing that player. Yeah. So I think of someone like someone like Calvin Phillips, Wilfred and Didi would be good. Um, someone like Chuameni, Chuameni is also quite good. Um, Ibrahim Sangare is very good. What do you think of Bisuma? Even use Bisuma, even use Bisuma. So, so I would prefer two of those players, right? Yeah. As opposed to one, another one with a savior complex, except if it's any of Casemiro, Kimmich, yeah. or Fabinho. Um, yeah, so even, even players like, sorry, um, Bobaka Kamara or Dennis Zakarai, all of them, I think all of them are at the two midfielder level. So two of them to either play in a double pivot or to interchange depending on the type of and the type of opposition we have. And obviously this is also considering the fact that Pogba is going to leave. If he leaves or if he stays, I mean, in the Premier League, he's still United's top assister. Of course, there's <laughs> there's a there's a quirk in the fact that he's like a lot of the goals that he assisted were at the start of the season when we we're still good. Yeah. But he is a very good deep lying playmaker, and he can also play on the left. So it's not going to be as straightforward. And I still think whoever it is has to be able to partner with like Fred. United, they, they turn over the ball highly. So you need someone who can win the ball back in turnovers and recycle possessions. So someone who's comfortable with passing. So yeah. if I were leaning to one side, I would think of Calvin Phillips. I would honestly go for this with Calvin Phillips. Okay. Yeah, I think he's a get the job done. And I think you, you could see it in England. He was a very good stopper for them. He was a very, very yeah. good at killing out attacks. He also seemed like like between him and Rice, um, Phillips was a more steadfast person. Like he was the more consistent person within the team. Yeah, so, I think so too. Yeah. And he's not going to be 100 million. He's not so going like, to be 100 million. I think rather go with under the Raiders signing than going for the big shiny England West Ham captain for 100 million. I don't want Rice in my team. I can <laughs> Who, who, would, who would you say that they, they would get? Um, so honestly, like, I, I wanted to hear your answer because I've thought about it and, like, it's, not, it's actually not the easiest thing to answer because, um, like you said, either you get a really world-class six or the other six, the, the next caliber of sixes that you get, you're still probably going to need two of them. And I, I like that you put that in two words. I think it was somewhere in my mind. So uh, I guess my only thing would be, would it only be these three that are world-class? Like these three that can do that job as one person? I think someone like De Jong as well. I think De Jong is someone yeah, Jong- people should be looking at, especially because of yeah. Barcelona's position. I think there's others, but off the top of my head. Can I ask, what, what yeah. number 
um, Kovacic play for Chelsea? I think he plays between an eight and a six, and he could probably do either. That's one of the best guys on the ball that in the Premier League, I think. I can't, I can't think of how many times I've seen him get dispossessed. Mm. Yeah. That, 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 that's fair. I didn't even put him into my mind because... because it would be it cool to, to sign him from Chelsea. Almost impossible. Yeah, and especially cons- you, consider, you consider the fact that they have... They're going to have a crisis at, at defence. I'm not sure they would want to now go and start selling their midfielders. And you've seen the season that Conte Conte has been having. He's been struggling with injuries now as well. And so the case with midfielders, never mind that there's also, I I just want to come back to it, never mind that there's also people like Garner and and Hannibal and Charlie Savage. They have a few um, academy options, which if I'm guessing at least one of them has to make it into that position. And so that all has to come into play. Let's wait for the window and see how it goes. I mean, there's still two more days. United might pull out um, if they sign Ibrahim Sankara in the next two days. I would be like, yeah, this is it. This is is the job done. So we've talked a bit about Ragnik and what he's done, but I want to go into the new managers because we're we have to get a new manager in the next season. Yeah. Who do you think should be the next manager for Manchester United? Uh, I was going to go out and say it. I think um, Zinedine Zidane. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm tired of, um, of playing around. Like, if we want to challenge again, if we want to dominate, if we want to instill fear in teams, get back to our glory days, get the best. Yeah, and right now on the managers available, I think like Zidane, like that would be a statement. Like I'm not even thinking too far, like um, what would he come in and do? And and think about it like this. Madrid wanted a replacement. They go to Everton and pick Ancelotti Mm -hmm. and he's doing one. Because like you're a huge club, you know the things you compete for. Get the best of the best proven managers, right? Like yeah. Ancelotti business in Everton and Madrid knows that. And so they go pick him up. Makes you wonder, like, where were we looking the whole time? But anyway, like Zidane. <laughs> but Ancelotti, I... Ancelotti was at Madrid before. That's 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 true. That's true. That's yeah. true. But yeah, we need to start thinking um world class. We need to remember that Manchester United that we once were, and like we need to start <laughs> We need to we need to start making acquisitions and moves strategically and financially and everything that's that are like dead set to get us back to that point. And I think Zidane is the coach that right now can do that. Mm. The rest, Ten Hag might come and he might struggle because as you've been saying, like Ajax has very, very kind of like systemic football like very functional football and he might not be able to bring that soccer into united players as much as we would want united player united to play like city Mm. or like Ajax, maybe the players maybe the 23 players that are on the premier league maybe they just can't do that so with zidane you're getting counter-attacking football 
which is what these guys loved under Solskjaer. Um, I think he uses a double, he, he, he started the Cruz and Modric thing, uh, that kind of double pivot. So <laughs> like, this, is, this, this is actually what I find interesting because I can't think of a more, and this is going to sound bad, <laughs> vibe Z coach at the top level than Zidane. Like he's extremely good at vibes. He is. But he's vibes. He is. I mean, like, remember the, the football Madrid was playing when they did um, that kind of, I think it was a three-peat of the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, at some point, even Bale was was having a good time in that team. And they were playing some really good football. Yes, Cristiano was at the height of his powers and everything. But, like, that counter-attacking football, whether they were playing... Um, um, Barcelona, whether they were playing um, teams that defend like Juventus, like those goals were always going to come. It was mm. speed, speed, speed. Marcelo, Cristiano, Bell, Karim, kind of mm. um, dropping, letting Ronaldo shine. Like it was just about quick breaks, and Cruz was there to find the balls over the defense. This kind of football, like. I think this football can be incorporated into Manchester United. You have the attackers for that. Rashford is always making those runs in behind. Um, so if we get Zidane in and we get, uh, yeah, like we have maybe Pogba now stays because I mean it's Zidane. Mm. Um, like I think something can happen. I, I, and as you say, like Zidane is vibes. Bruno is also vibes. Mm. Like. But I thought I thought we agreed we agreed yeah. as a fan base that we don't want vibes anymore. We want structure. But when have we ever like okay? When when did we get structure? Like, no, so that's why I'm saying that's why I'm saying people like um, Ten Ten Hag and Pochettino, as opposed First of to all, Pochettino. Mm. I don't rate him anymore personally because mm. dude, you have Mbappe, Neymar, Messi, Di Maria, and he. Why, why is it not playing football at City's level? Why aren't, why aren't they at Bayern's level? Like I can answer that very simply for you. It's because you have Messi, Mbappe, and Neymar that you have to play. That is it. It's, it's not a very long thesis. They literally have the same problem as United. No, no, Duff. Messi is more um, adaptable than Cristiano. Like, that's true, that's true. Messi can play as a 10. He can play on the left wing. He, I think he can even play on the right wing. He can play uh, as a false nine. He can yeah. play out and out nine. He usually plays as, as a false nine. Both him and Neymar are very much playmakers who play in, in the forward. So they like to drop back, try and get the ball, make things happen, drive it forward. Both of them. Mbappe is good cutting in. So he's a good wide forward. So if they had someone like Icardi or Cavani, that team would be very good, right? Yeah. Those three, yeah. they don't, they do hardly anything defensively. So they have to have a workman's midfield. And I also just want to add two people to, to holding midfielders. I want to add um, Marquinhos. Yeah, I want to add Marquinhos and I want to add Verratti. Those are other That's players true, that I think they like. They like world class. Yeah. yeah. So for and for for the for the most of the season, Marquinhos has been playing in defense, and yeah, 
PSG lose a lot in their midfield when he plays in their defense. So they have to play Herrera, um, Idrissa Ganage. The rest of the team has to do all the defensive work. Yeah. It, it really is. It really is the same exact problem with United. They can't really do a lot with their midfield. You can't say why are they not playing like City and why are they not playing like, like Bayern. First of all, City, that system is very much Pep has worked with it long enough that you only get like 2%, 2% change. Yeah. And if you look at and if you look at that Madrid squad, yes, they've added Vinaldum and they've added Messi, they've added Ramos. But even before that, Tuchel was having the same, roughly the same problems with the same PSG. Sorry, I, I think I said Madrid. The, he was having roughly the same problems. Are you going to say that Tuchel is a scam? Tuchel is not a scam, although he, I think, he's a he's the scammiest of all the German <laughs> managers. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that PSG squad I mean, is is questionable. And I think someone like Zidane would be perfect in that PSG squad because they need vibes, you know. They need to embrace the vibes and take the vibes even further. Whereas Pochettino just is not about vibes. So, Pochettino, man, I don't know. So what, what am I not seeing? Of course, like, it's easy to look at the... To look at the the names and say you should be doing better with this squad, but you can make an argument that that squad isn't really. First of all, it's not his squad. I don't think Maureen Pochettino would have picked a lot of those players, and I think that's why we're hearing all this. Oh, maybe I want to live. Maybe I want to look at something else. And one might argue that if he were to go to United, he might find similar problems. But maybe I'm maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. I mean, he did have like he did a great job at Spurs. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm. But since then, like he just hasn't been solid enough for me. He hasn't co- been convincing enough for me. And yeah, you can say yeah, he inherited a team, but you're always inheriting teams when you're moving. I don't know. Like right now, the the soccer PSG players mm. to me. There's no identity there. Like, I'm not saying, oh, that's Poch Ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you get, like... Yeah, 100%. Re- and, I, and I think it would be very difficult mm. for any any manager to, impo- to impose their, yeah. no, that, their that's system right. on that that's... PSG squad. Anyway, let me just turn the question to you. Like, you oh, no, no, no. Poch. No, United no, no. Is... Um, I wanted to say, about because we're still talking about Zidane, so he doesn't speak English... There's the obvious France slash PSG job. Say, for example, Pochettino leaves PSG. He'll probably prefer to manage in Paris. I think so that maybe I'll, I'll transition to this. I think United need to have as few variables as possible with their next manager. Pochettino, he's, he's been in the Premier League, so he knows how the Premier League works. So you won't have something like, like the questions that Ragnik was having of, you know, do I... Do I go defensive? Do I that type of trying to adapt to the mm-hmm. league and see which Pochettino understands how the league how the league works, right? He's he's shown that he can coach players, he can improve players, and then so this this squad's makeup makes me think that he would do quite well with them. So players like Sancho, players like Rashford, 
I think he he would be able to improve them. I think Ten Hag is good, but again, you're signing Ten Hag and you're almost saying, listen, we have to start with a 4-3-3 and we have to spend the next two, three years learning how to play it, which is just mm-hmm. not a bad thing. I'm not sure that coming to the Premier League, and you know, like the Premier League is full of nonsense. One minute you're in, the next minute you're out. And I think Pochettino for having, he already understands that and the Premier League already also knows him. So they're not going to be asking him all the same old questions and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think he is in the best position to to move the team forward. And if I was Eric Ten Hag, I would be looking at the Barcelona job. Okay, we're going to have Ralph in a consulting role. What influence do you think that is going to play on the next on the decision? Because there's probably the argument that he might want to recruit German. Apart from Nalgusman, and I don't think they'll get him out of Bayern. Like as much as United fans think that United still <laughs> has the like the strength to come and just swoop out, I don't think they're going to get him out of Bayern. Yeah. Apart, so apart from him. I don't think there's any other manager that they should take a punt on, both for United's point of view in terms of wanting to progress and for the manager's point of view, because I think it will deter their career. I look at people like um, Sebastian Hunas, who's at Hoffenheim. They play very good football, but he's not, yeah. at the level, he's not at the level of taking over Manchester United. So I, apart from Nalgusman, I don't think there's, a coach there to be taken. I see. Your arguments on Pochettino are pretty solid, considering like the experience in the Premier League and everything. But this is what I'll say. Yeah. Zidane, number one, and Poch may be number two. Zidane doesn't like, speak English. How is he going to coach I that? mean, when... Zidane doesn't come speak on, English. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Them. When Poch came to Tottenham, like... Literally before these guys had that great season of theirs, he wasn't speaking English either. He had a translator. He was. He he, he wasn't speaking English to the media, but he came. Remember, he came from Southampton. He had been in yeah. England for a long time. He had been in England for some time. And what about Conte going know. to Chelsea? Conte going to Chelsea. Uh-huh. He also great English, but those guys won the league. I think the next in his second season. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. So like, and and also, it's not just a thing of communication. A, a player of like of Zidane's profile to not know, I'm putting that in quotes, English at this point. I think it's more just like a preference of his. And as far as I can see, he doesn't. He has not really much interest in England or coaching in England. We want to dream, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so that's what I'm saying. It's like. Okay, like he could come for the bag, but Uh, (laughs) all indications show he's not really interested in the job in any way whatsoever. And the France job, that's the thing. Like, you know Zidane is going to want to coach France. Say um, Deschamps has a good World Cup. Do you think he's going to get a next contract to the next World Cup? Any moment, the France job is going to be open. Yeah. We can dream, but realistically, I don't think he's anywhere on that list. <laughs> Thank you for shooting me down. Um... <laughs> no, no, no. Just as, as a different perspective. This is a different perspective. No, that's that's fair anyway. Between, between Ten Hag and Porsche, 
I think I just need to like reconstruct my feelings for Poch because I've been very biased against him lately. But yeah, between the two, I'd still like, I'd rather go for Poch because he's been here with Ten Hag. Like, Ajax is a huge club, but United is gargantuan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Ajax, Ajax are 20 games into the season, they're two points ahead of PSV. So that's still yeah. a very tight, it's still a very tight race. Yeah. A PSG are nine points ahead of Nice. They're on 53 points, 22 games played. And they've scored 46 goals, which is decent. Um, yeah. Ajax have scored 61 goals. So, but I think also Pochettino's run with PSG in the Champions League is going to depend on whether... Because if he gets them to the final, I don't know if he would want to leave um, PSG. That's true. Although... He might feel better. Although I'm not sure. I don't know. Do you think they're going to make it past Madrid? No. All the indications are that ben, Benzema won't be able to play. Why? I think, I think he's unvaccinated, so he probably won't be able to get into Paris for that game. And then I have not really seen Madrid without him, but that might be a big loss. That's a huge loss. Yeah. And then as of now, I think, what's his, what's his name? Vinicius is injured. I'm not sure if he's, he's back in time for that next game. Both teams have their full power. I think Madrid goes through. For but sure. With his developments, then I guess it's, and yeah, it's, and it's in the balance. Um, whereas even if Ajax have a very good run, I don't think they're going to make it to the to the final. They're playing against Benfica, and I think they should be able to get out that game. We haven't spoken about the man in the job himself. What about Ragnik? Ragnik is a new manager for United. I mean, like with him, um, they're talking about consultation for the next two years. Though I think this week I saw a rumor about. Um, the boss is being happy with what he has done so far. <laughs> oh. so, I don't like. I guess they can amend the contract and make him coach going forward. But I mean, you like him. Mm. I'm still on the fence about him, um, simply because we've not been able to impose ourselves on games against bottom half opposition, and like I just can't. I can't put that out of my mind. When is the last season that United have consistently imposed themselves on games? That's a really long time, yeah? It's a very long time. And you maybe have to go as far back as 150 sideways passes Van Gaal. And that wasn't really, like, imposing. It wasn't. I I want Ragnick's time at United to be as short as possible. Although I do like I do like a lot of the decisions he's making. And again, I think going back with, with the loans of the two players, whether it was on his advice or circumstances around them, like the fact that those two players are both going to clubs that are still playing in Europe, I think that's very good. A lot of squad decisions, you know, trying to first of all see how, how best the players can work, making substitutions at the right times, switching between systems. I think I think he's doing quite well but I think he would I think he himself would also prefer to just have a wider view and look at it and say and and rather be able to advise from the top so you definitely think next season we have a new manager 
Yeah, I think for sure. I think for sure they, they should still go and get a new manager because also because that was what the plan was and they should continue with that. For all we've been talking about them st- doing spontaneous things. Eh? Yeah, yeah. And the stories about a lot of United players um, not understanding his methods and stuff like that. A lot of people underestimate it, but it is a lot to learn. And especially for a lot of the older players, it's a lot to come in during a season. Yeah. So if they if they don't understand the methods, then that is completely understandable. I'm not too I'm not too pressed about all of that. Yeah, let's just looking at United's next fixtures. What do you think until the next um, international break? See so, Middlesbrough. Yeah, Burnley, Southampton, Brighton, Brighton Leeds. Leeds. See, and then, no, until, the, until the Atletico game, what are you expecting? What, let me say, I, what I should expect is maximum points. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we have the championship and we have Burnley, Southampton, Brighton. Like, we should be winning all these games. Um, but I yeah, think maybe... Southampton no, is, has gotten two points against City this season. And I think, uh, I think Brighton as well mm-hmm. has taken a few points from Chelsea most recently. City has had two draws against Southampton. Yeah, but like still, at the end of the day, they're both in the bottom half. Me, that's all I want to know, you know? Like, uh, <laughs> Well, Brighton is ninth. Oh, Brighton is ninth. Good yeah. for them. Uh, <laughs> Leeds is 15th. Burnley is 20th. Like, we should be sweeping these teams. Um, Southampton, yes, they've... they've um, Med City drop points, but I'm looking at it in the context of just Southampton and United, and we should win that game. But we'll probably drop a few points because of the season we're having and the the, the issues that the club has. So mm. I guess out of those are four games, maybe we win, maybe we we win three and fumble one. I just hope it's not Bora that we fumble. Yeah, I think they should. They should have enough to to get past Middlesbrough. Um, <laughs> I really think there should be enough to get past Middlesbrough, but you would hope so. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? And then I've already given my points about Atletico, and then we go against Watford, City, and Spurs before we meet Atletico again. You know what's what what hurts is that we had the perfect fixtures to have a run, and it just didn't happen. Like from I think from from the time that like the very last international break got done, like all the games we've been playing, we needed to be winning. Like City is what twelve games unbeaten. Like we needed, we needed to be doing something like that. Mm. And now I'm seeing City is coming back. Then we play Spurs. Then Atletico. So like we're going to and then Liverpool in, after that. And then like we're going to go back into the heat, and we haven't taken advantage of of these fixtures that were God given. I don't think so. I think after Watford, Solskjaer was sacked. Yeah. Um, they they drew against Chelsea, who were I think at that point unbeaten. They then went and beat Arsenal, which was probably at this at the start of their shakiness. Um, 
they fought hard against Crystal Palace. They also fought hard against Norwich. They dropped points at Newcastle, which that that should have been a win. Mm-hmm. And then the loss to Wolves. No, we there's a Burnley win in there. The yeah, there's a there's a Burnley win, a loss to Wolves. Villa that Villa draw as well. That's definitely points dropped. So it hasn't looked like good football, and I think we shouldn't expect it to look like good football at any point in the season. But the results they've come. I guess I guess why why it's hard to enjoy the points is how badly we've how badly we've played along the way. It's hard to to feel positive about the club. I don't know if you get what I mean. Like yeah yeah yeah. You've, you've had a few one nils in there, then you've done like you've thrown away a two goal lead. You've been dominated by Norwich and the players. The players are also very much out of form. That's mm. say say what you want. Like obviously we can slander a lot of these players, but they've been out of form as well. So I don't know how you get back into form. Maybe winning, winning begets winning. But you know, yeah, I don't know. Let's wait and see. I don't think I don't think United have a chance against City. Top four, top four is top four is definitely possible, and I do hope we achieve it. I'm not. I'm not ready for a season out of the Champions League. Uh, <laughs> Chilling with the please. Europa boys. No ways, no ways. <laughs> okay, so I think that's about it. If there's anything else that you you would like to add, I think I think that covers that. Uh, this has been really really fun, man. Um, man, who knew that was all talk about United? <laughs> uh, and this, <laughs> this is, is this is. And this is my official hiatus from speaking about United again until we're in St. Petersburg versus Bayern Munich. So (laughs) thank you so much, Kevin, for joining me. And let's hope that our team does better. Yeah, man. Uh, Thank you for having me. Uh, Always, always uh, very insightful discussions. Yeah, man. Yeah, let's. If, if we can sneak into that, that is my <laughs> unrealistic hope because yeah. I love that too much. Maybe we can sneak into the top three by some. Maybe someone just gets an injury. So, but yeah, let's hope. Let's hope the season um, ends well. Like, yeah, the league is crazy. Run. Crazier things have happened before. Yeah. True. 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 All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for joining us and. Stay safe and we'll speak again about United, maybe when they're in the Champions League final. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> glory, glory, my name.